Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, I'm Meg Teets, and this is Sorta Awesome. Hello and welcome back, Awesomes. You are listening to the show that is all about helping you be smart, strong, and social. We are in your earbuds every single week with all the awesome that you need to know. And you can also find us on Instagram at Sorta Awesome Show, over on Facebook, in our Sorta Awesome Hangout group. This is episode 202 of Sorta Awesome. And before we get to this week's episode, I want to give a quick shout out to our Sorta Awesome Hangout group. Now, we talk about it all the time, but I don't think that I could ever actually find enough words to say how very awesome our community is over on Facebook. This is a group that we started with just a few hundred women back in 2015. It has grown to over 5,000 women who are truly committed to being supportive and helpful, kind, and encouraging online community. Now, we definitely do discuss topics from recent sort of awesome episodes there, but we do a lot of regular girlfriend chatting too. Things like helping to brainstorm snack ideas for your kid's soccer team. We recommend Netflix and Hulu binges. We troubleshoot parenting issues. And sometimes we just provide each other with constructive feedback on some of life's more unawesome moments. So it's honestly an amazing place to be. We really do want each of you awesomes to know we would love to have you join us over there. It's very easy to do. All you got to do is search Sorta Awesome Hangout on Facebook, or you can look us up directly by going to facebook.com slash groups slash Sorta Awesome Hangout. Okay, this is episode 202 of Sorta Awesome. We are continuing the series that we started just last week that will take us throughout this whole summer. It's the Sorta Awesome Stories series. Each week, I get to sit down with one of our superstar awesomes. Those are the awesomes who support us on Patreon at $5 a month. I get to sit down with a superstar to listen to her story, and we'll get to share with you all that they are doing and learning that just might apply to your life too. Because Sorta Awesome is a woman-created and hosted podcast, you know that I believe it's so important for each of us to value our own stories, find our own voices, and share our experiences with the people around us. And I think you guys are going to love this week's story. Allie Beatty is a Myers-Briggs ENFP, an Enneagram 9. And for those of you who are into the Ayurvedic thing, she's a Vata type. She lives in the woods of Connecticut with her husband, their two-year-old son. 
and their two heathen dogs. Since she's currently not leading campfire songs or cheering kids up climbing a wall as a camp naturalist, she's baking bread and keeping bees while wrangling a toddler. A very, very busy life indeed. Allie, welcome to Sorta Awesome. Hi, Meg. I'm so excited to be here. I am so excited that you are here this week. I cannot wait to dig into your story because I think it is so fascinating. And this is really perfect timing for you to come to the show because one thing that you, as an awesome, really know how, this totally fits into our big awesomes know how in 2019 theme, you really know how to get us thinking about getting our kids out in nature, getting out there and enjoying it ourselves. Summer is the perfect time for all things outdoors. So really the timing on this could not be better. I'm so curious. We have so much in common personality wise. I'm so curious if as a naturalist and a naturally minded person, is summer your favorite season? I really like spring because first of all, it's just the sweet relief of the end of winter. (laughs) Yes, definitely. The February, March time can be really hard for me. Also, it's maple syrup season, which I absolutely love. So there are some signs of spring that just instantly click in my brain like, oh, it's over. Winter is done. (laughs) And so, you know, hearing those red winged blackbirds and I absolutely do love summer. We're super excited for campfires and everything else. But my brain sings when it thinks of spring. (laughs) I love that. That is so great. When does spring really start in Connecticut? I'm so curious. This is my first spring in this area of Connecticut. And it was a long, drawn out process this year. I moved from Cleveland, where there's a lot more extremes. (laughs) Oh, right. Yes. And so we were just back in the 40s and 50s for about a week, but it's climbing to the 80s today. So I think we might finally be tapering out of spring into summer, truly. But we saw the first glimpses in like March. I love that. Awesome. Just so you know, Allie and I are coming to you from the past for you guys. (laughs) It's mid-May for us. And so that totally makes sense. We really solidly move into spring really in March here. And so I kind of try to reorient especially our co-host Kelly Gordon has talked about how spring is a little bit later to bloom in Minnesota. So anyway, just find that very, very interesting. Well, we are going to be talking so much about the awesome of getting outside, getting into nature, even some of the like socio-political components of getting out into the outdoors and getting our kids outside, all kinds of fascinating stuff here in just a few minutes when we get to Allie's story. But first, let's go ahead and start this show the way we always do with our awesomes of the week. It's that moment in the show where we stop and tell you about the books, the TV shows, movies, podcasts, products, whatever it is that's making life a little bit more awesome this week. So Allie, I can't wait to hear what you've brought for the show. So I am loving a Gaiam Restore Deep Tissue Massage Roller, which is a whole lot of words. That's a mouthful. And I feel like I giggle when I talk about something massage-y the way you did with the (laughs) massage bed. Yes. It's a little giggly. (laughs) It's essentially like a rolling pin for your muscles. So I have been dealing with low back hip issues for years and years and years. And I finally was like, huh, not getting any younger. My body probably needs some help figuring this thing out. And so I started physical therapy and they use a foam roller, which is kind of like a pool noodle. 
and it feels delightful. So then as I'm wandering the aisles of Target one day, I see this thing and it's actually cheaper on Amazon, (laughs) I discovered, but it has trigger points. So you can just kind of roll it over your tight muscles. And a massage therapist, yoga teacher friend told me that sometimes what we interpret as tight muscles are actually like kind of overstretched like a rubber band. And so Ah. if you are just constantly trying to stretch that muscle out more, your muscle is going, but no, don't do that, please. Right. And it's actually contracting itself even more to protect itself. So you don't want to constantly be stretching those tight muscles. What you want to do is use something like a foam roller or this massage roller, because that helps the muscles relax. And so I have been loving this thing. And, you know, I have a two-year-old at home, so I just find it in random spots around my house. (laughs) Whenever I find it in a new place, I just pick it up and roll it a little bit over my sore muscles. And it is incredible. My husband, you know, he's got a background in athletics and weight training and all of those things. He is a huge, huge, huge believer in the foam rollers. He had never really explained like the why behind it, like why it works. I mean, it feels great. But that makes so much sense that when you're talking about an overstretched muscle, Mm -hmm. that this is the kind of like physical response that's going to actually bring some relief. Exactly. Oh my gosh, that is so great. Tell us the name of it again. I'll definitely put a link in the show notes, but what was it called? It's the Gaiam, and that's like the brand that produces all of the kind of yoga stuff that you find at Target. Gotcha. Restore Deep Tissue Massage Roller. Okay. Sounds great. Link in the show notes for you awesomes if you all want to check that out as well. My awesome of the week this week is a podcast. Surprise, surprise. (laughs) (laughs) Although, Allie, I'm sure you know this as an awesome listener. When it comes to podcasts, I totally have a type. (laughs) I will admit that to anybody. Just like with men, I have a type. My type for men is this sort of like grouchy misanthrope with a heart of gold. So when it comes to podcasts, my type is like pop culture recaps with strong cultural commentary component. So you all know one of my very favorite longtime podcasts is Babysitter's Club Club, which is a rereading and recap of the Babysitter's Club books. Well, you guys, there is a podcast called American Girls Podcast. And I was so thrilled when I found this because even though it's a recap of the American Girls books. so. I feel like I was just like about five, six, seven years too old to really ever have gotten into the American Girls books and then the dolls. I just sort of missed that in my childhood. I was more of the Cabbage Patch generation when it comes to dolls, (laughs) (laughs) which definitely dates me. So I've never even read an American Girls book. That is the truth. The only American Girls book I've ever even bought is not one of the American Girls series, but it's that American Girls Care and Keeping of You book that they put out for like girls, like in the nine to 12 age range, which is fantastic. And I recommend it to everybody. When it comes to the stories of the characters, how they each had their own series, I've never even read a single one, but I am super into this podcast. So the format is that it's hosted by two women, Allison Horrocks and Mary Mahoney. And they are friends who also happen to be historians. That's so fun. It's such a great sort of context for them rereading. And they are also fans of the American Girls books when they were younger. So each week they read, they recap, they discuss one of the American Girls books. They totally mix in, and this is why I love it, they totally mix in current pop culture into their discussion. So they started with the Felicity books, which those are the ones, were you an American Girls reader? I'm curious, Allie. 
I was a reader, but not a doll like mm-hmm. person. I remember I had the plays, there were little, and so my friends and I would enact the American Girl doll plays, but it was before the stuff became such a big thing. Gotcha. Yes, definitely. And interestingly, my girls who I think would be more of the sort of age range who were American girls dolls that became a whole like subculture in and of it. My girls were not into dolls really, either of them. So we just have not had the whole doll experience. But when it comes to the books, Allison and Mary will make comparisons or ask questions like, was Ben Franklin an influencer? (laughs) (laughs) I loved this. They also kind of asked and and drew parallels between the Firefest disaster of social media that we've had recently and colonial politics. (laughs) (laughs) So it's so super great because you get that nostalgia factor of revisiting. Again, I didn't read these books, but you can sort of like secondhand experience the nostalgia through their remembrance of reading books. But you get that current pop culture commentary. And what I super love about it too is you can just tell that Mary and Allison are really great friends. So there's plenty of just that girlfriend chat, just talking component that so many of us really love in podcasts. So this podcast, again, it's just called American Girls. If you're looking for it in a podcast app, and I'll definitely put a link in the show notes for you guys. It just launched in February. So, you know, there's like enough episodes if you are looking for a great binge listen. And, you know, if you get addicted and subscribe, and then you have a favorite new listen that you can look forward to coming out every week. So anyway, as we are recording, they have just wrapped up the Felicity series. But by the time this episode comes out, I'm sure they'll be well into their next American Girl. So again, it's called American Girls, and it's just so much fun. And I highly, highly recommend it. That sounds awesome. Yeah, it really is. It really is. So those are our awesomes of the week this week. You all know that every Friday we want to hear what is awesome in your life. Even throughout the summer, we're going to be asking you to share your awesomes of the week every week. You can do that by finding us over on Instagram. Every Friday morning, we have a awesome of the week thread over there. And of course, we have that going on in our sort of awesome hangout group, which I was talking about at the top of the show. So if you haven't joined us over there, we'd love to have you at facebook.com slash groups slash sort of awesome hangout. You guys, there is nothing more awesome than looking good and feeling great in clothes that are almost as comfortable as your pajamas. Clothes that are super comfy and also totally work appropriate. That's why I know you're going to love the dress pant yoga pant from Beta Brand. It is wrinkle resistant, which is highly awesome, a four-way stretch ponty knit fabric. It includes all the pant details you're looking for, like faux zippers, pockets, buttons, belt loops, and it comes in a ton of different shapes and sizes for every taste. You can choose from boot cuts, straight legs, skinny, cropped, and more in all of your standard office appropriate colors like black, navy, gray, and khaki, and they even have some very fun seasonal and limited edition colors that are released monthly. I absolutely love these dress pant yoga pants. You really cannot even believe how comfortable they are. So much more comfortable than your standard workwear pants and truly more comfortable than any pair of jeans I've ever tried on. That's why I'm super loving Beta Brand's dress pant yoga pants and I know you guys are going to love them too. So go visit betabrand.com slash awesome to get 20% off of yours. Millions of women agree they're the most comfortable pants you're ever gonna wear to work. That's betabrand.com B-E-T-A-B-R-A-N-D dot com slash awesome, all lowercase, to get 20% off of your dress pant yoga pants. You guys, now that school is out, it's time to really take the time to be intentional with your own spiritual life 
and the spiritual growth of your family. That's why I love The Upper Room. The Upper Room is a global ministry where you can join a worldwide community of believers in daily prayer and devotional practice. Every day, readers of The Upper Room around the world read the same story in many different languages and pray the same prayer together. Now that school is out, you can create a daily devotional practice for your whole family, helping to bring you together each day in mindfulness. This daily devotional guide in the community it draws together invites people to listen to scripture as God's personal message, linking their stories to God's story. It also invites you to commune with God in prayer and see your daily choices and small acts of obedience as part of God's work. And it helps us to realize our connection with others as a universal family of believers. The goal at Upper Room is to foster an international community of people and congregations who are seeking God, building a vision of a new life in Christ, nurturing one another by sharing experiences of God's love and guidance, and encouraging one another in Christian action to transform the world. The Upper Room is committed to exploring and communicating a biblically and theologically informed vision of the spiritual life. So go to upperroom.org slash awesome to enjoy a free 30-day trial delivered right to your inbox every day. You'll also be able to access a wealth of resources with your account at the Upper Room. So go check it out at upperroom.org slash welcome for your 30-day free trial. All right, Allie, I super cannot wait to dig into your story. I'm really just going to kind of turn you loose especially on the beginning part of your story, because it sounds so fascinating. And I really want to hear how it is that you have found yourself living where you do and sort of like the path that your life took to landing you and your husband and your son to be living the camp life really year round. So let's just start at the beginning there. So camp life is inherently nomadic. So this is a long and winding road. I went to college for journalism in New York City, so this is clearly not what I intended to do. But it was 2001 when, you know, journalism was dead, newspapers were going to be gone in the next 10 years. And so I said, well, let me see what else I could want to do. And I looked through the course catalog and all of the environmental studies classes sounded so cool and right up my alley. So I switched my major. Then junior year, I needed an internship. And staying in the city for an unpaid internship was not appealing. (laughs) I'm sure, yes. I started looking and I said, huh, camps need a nature counselor. I could go in the woods and catch frogs with kids for a summer and get paid. So that's what I did. I ended up at a camp in the Adirondacks that I absolutely loved. I went back the following summer and then I got a full-time job as an assistant to a book publicist and thought I was done with camp. I was going to, you know, be Carrie Bradshaw, work in Midtown Manhattan, Uh live in my Brooklyn apartment and be a super cool city kid. And I hated my job. (laughs) I was, you know, getting up before sunrise, taking the long trek on the subway. And one day, I think this was probably February or March, which we've already established is not my favorite time of year. And I was sitting at my desk and I was just like, I don't like this. And a camp friend texted me and said, hey, how you doing? And I said, Bleh. Yes. And he said, I'm rock climbing with kids all day. You should probably come do this. Yeah. And I said, yeah, I think I will. And so I went to that YMCA Outdoor Education Center in Wisconsin. 
And I spent a year there and I really learned about school programming because Wisconsin still has a pretty amazing outdoor ed program within the public schools. Oh, cool. And this is a camp where you can do family camp on weekends and in the summer, and then there's summer camp. And that kind of led me to a YMCA camp with Nashville, Tennessee, where they were opening a new overnight summer camp. They had had an incredible day camp program and were opening an actual overnight camp, which was the first time a YMCA had done that in years and years and years. And then looking for my next job, I ended up at a YMCA camp in New Jersey, which when I stepped out of the car, as I drove to New Jersey, my husband was the first person I met. Oh, really? Yeah. He was the senior naturalist at the camp. And so Uh we spent that year together. Oh my gosh. Actually, just like that little moment. Yeah. Sounds like the beginning of a romantic comedy right there. (laughs) We still joke about that. We went back to that camp last weekend, which was so fun. Oh, love it. And then I got a full-time job with benefits with a nature center in Connecticut. So I moved there. My husband went back to school for a little bit. Then he got a job at a camp in the Adirondacks. So we were long distance which is super fun, super fun. (laughs) Then he finally got a job at an arboretum, which is like a nature center for trees, for anyone who doesn't know, that was very close to my job at the nature center. And he moved to Connecticut. We were super excited. We even moved into the caretaker cottage of the arboretum. Oh, how fun. Then a few weeks after our wedding, Hurricane Sandy knocked a giant tree on our house. Oh my gosh. Yes. Whoa. So we had to decide, do we want to spend a lot of money to live in a new house in one of the most expensive areas of the country? Or do we want to try something new? And we decided to move to Cleveland, Ohio, which is where my husband is from. His parents graciously offered us the home that they had just moved out of so we could kind of, you know, get back on our feet, figure out what we wanted to do. And I went back to school for nonprofit administration. My husband became a climbing arborist. So he's the tree guy who takes down the trees in your yard or helps you figure out how to take care of your trees so that they can stay well and they don't have to be taken down. And he really loved that. It was, you know, Climbing trees all day was a little bit of the adrenaline rush that he loved. He's very good at the details of nature. Like he can look at a tree and identify it. And then we had a baby. (laughs) Just to keep things interesting. (laughs) Turns out working hard manual labor. Yeah. You know, hours per day and coming home to a baby and a tired wife isn't ideal. And so even though we thought we had solidly moved on to camp life, we were in the real world, we were going to be grownups with real jobs and buy a real house and all of those things, we started to say, gosh, what if we were back at camp and you didn't have a commute and Mm. you didn't have these work deadlines based on paying customers? Right. So we just, you know, started putting it out there just to see what kind of camp job he could get. Because he has that naturalist background and that programming background, plus he's my own personal MacGyver (laughs) and he's a tree guy, camp maintenance was a really good fit for him. Yeah. Whereas I'm a great programming person where I can, you know, teach 
two-year-olds about soft bunnies, and then I can teach entire families about maple syruping. The logistical side of camp is really his strong suit. So after a couple months of figuring out what we were going to do, we accepted a job offer at a Girl Scout camp in Connecticut. And so we live across the road from the whole camp. So we have a little bit of privacy, but then our front yard is just all of camp and it's incredible. That is truly amazing. And so you really do have camp life going pretty much year round, basically. Yes. That is so incredible. And I really love this kind of continues on the theme last week on the show. Our superstar Colleen Cook was talking about a series of pivots in her life. And this is a theme that just kind of keeps coming up over and over. I feel like maybe we as an awesome community are really supposed to be tuned in to this idea of taking that unexpected turn that we weren't planning on leads us to a better fit because I'm just imagining you as somebody who, again, you thought you were going to live that Carrie Bradshaw life. That's what all of your schooling had gone towards. And, you know, just kind of thinking about where you were in that moment in your life and then just being so disappointed maybe, or, you know, like discovering that that was not the fit for you that you had planned for it to be. Yeah. That's really hard to, you know, and then you had to make that decision of like, do I stay and tough it out and just hope Mm -hmm. it gets better? Or do I go towards this thing that really like lit a fire for me unexpectedly and out of the blue, especially really young adult moment in your life to be like, I think I need a big change. That theme just keeps coming up over and over again. So I just wanted to really kind of camp out there. Pardon my pun. (laughs) (laughs) But truly, I think that that is something that just keeps coming to the surface again and again in so many conversations is that sometimes when things do not meet our expectation or the reality is not what our expectation was, or sometimes like there's like external life circumstances, you don't even really have a choice. You have to take a different path. But still looking for the awesome on the way is really such a strong thing to do. So I mean, if you look back at things I said and did six months into our move to Cleveland, I was convinced, you know, we weren't going to stay there. It was a mistake. And now those five years in Cleveland were incredible. And it led us to a job that Brad wouldn't have if he hadn't gained the experience as an arborist. So it all just worked out. Perfect. I love that. Let's talk about some more of the like practical application that you have learned along the way. Obviously, working with kids and families and, you know, seeing life as a naturalist and getting people out into nature, that's not what your actual schooling was. So I'm super curious as you got into, you know, just like really literally getting your hands dirty in the work of it. What were some of the things that you started to see happening in either the kids you were working with or the families? Things that were happening that you were like, oh my gosh, this getting out into nature stuff, this is actually super important. Yeah, we had a program at the Nature Center in Connecticut that brought kids from the higher economic area and the lower economic area of Fairfield County, Connecticut, and brought them together for these field trips throughout the year. Mm -hmm. And studies have shown that kids are more compassionate and cooperative when they're out in nature. If you give kids the same game, you know, in a sterile environment versus underneath a tree, they are more likely to be kind under the tree than they are in the room. So we just saw that over and over and over again with the kids. Same with the teachers. I mean, sometimes some of the teachers would think that these field trips were such a chore. Yeah. (laughs) We're saying, no, this is magical. Like your kids are going to, you know, scoop 
cool stuff out of a pond and see birds in an orchard. So the teachers would kind of come to appreciate it a little more as well. There's a book, it's called There's No Such Thing as Bad Weather. And in that book, she says that there are microbes found in the dirt that literally stimulate our serotonin production. What? I have never heard that. That's amazing. So you actually get happy by being in the dirt. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Which is just amazing. When I started this, iPads were not as much of a thing Mm, as they are now. Right. There's more and more studies that are going into this research because teachers are noticing, you know, kids just falling out of their chairs in the middle of class or they be playing tag and, you know, one kid shoves another child. Mm -hmm. And when the teacher says, what were you thinking? The kid says, I didn't mean to, you know, but really what's happening is we aren't giving our kids bodies a chance to figure stuff out. Oh, interesting. It's called proprioception Mm -hmm. is like what your body does behind the scenes. You don't even know it's doing. Yeah. So we aren't giving our kids a chance to figure that out. And it's leading to even bigger issues. Like kids are struggling to learn how to write well, because in order to write well, you have to have moved your limbs across your body. It's called cross-lateral body movement. Literally just your arms moving across your body is something that some kids just don't get to do very often. And so their brains can't make the connection to get their hands to write letters properly. Oh, wow. So there's starting to be so much more research about why unstructured playtime and time in nature is just so important for kids. Years ago, Richard Louvre wrote a book called The Last Child in the Woods. Yes, that is a total mind opener. I highly recommend it. I did read it years ago when my girls were little, and it changes your understanding of child development, nature, what we're depriving our kids of, what we had access to, Mm -hmm. especially I feel like, you know, sort of our generation, definitely older than our kids for a variety of reasons, not just all screen related, but because of like some cultural shifts towards like safety and safer playgrounds and like contained playgrounds and structured play what's happening in the actual brain chemistry for our children. And it is fascinating and highly motivating. There's another book called Balanced and Barefoot that was actually written by an occupational therapist for kids. She just goes way more in depth into the proprioception and the cross-lateral body movement and all of those things where nowadays we just think that's a waste of time. You know, Mm. I mean, so many camps around the country are now struggling because all of the elementary schools that used to send their fourth graders or their middle schoolers for a trip in the middle of the week are no longer doing those things because it doesn't fit in the budget and the kids have to be in the classroom to prepare for the tests. Yes, that's right. So more and more research is being done to really say, no, this is a legitimate concern. Like we can't deprive our children of a 30 minute recess, let alone four days in camp. Right. Hopefully we're on the upswing where, you know, 10 years ago when I was at that camp in New Jersey and schools were canceling trips that they had been doing for years and years and years, hopefully now some of those schools are coming back around to say, no, this is a valuable thing. We're going to prioritize this again. Thankfully, yes. 
as a parent, even if you're aware of these things, to just really lose track of how to make this a priority because you do, you get so swept up in, okay, the school day lasts this long. And then if you have after school activities, it's shuffling people here and there. Even weekends can get crowded out with activities and not necessarily leaving a lot of time for really anything unstructured, let alone getting outdoors. Even for people who hold this as a value, it can be really tricky, not to mention the fact that alongside this sort of like nature deficit that we have going on, our kids do become more and more attached to their screens. And so they may even be resistant, like, oh my gosh, this is so boring. You know, they may think that before you kind of get them plugged in. So I'm super curious for people who are listening, who are either, you know, parents or grandparents or teachers or really anybody that has you know, sort of caregiving role in the life of kids. If you're interacting with a kid who's really resistant and does think it's going to be boring or dumb or hot or cold or, you know, like whatever the complaint is, what's a good place to start to help incorporate some more time outside, more time in nature, in the dirt, getting those good microbes that are going to stimulate that serotonin? Where can we even start, especially with kids who are resistant to getting started? To start, I would not set a timeline. We're going to go spend an hour in the woods of the local park or whatever. You know, I mean, even to begin with, if you get 15 minutes outside and then maybe next time it's 20 minutes outside, or you could always sign up for, I know this is another activity, but if you reprioritize, maybe there's a local tinker garden class that you could do, or a free forest school is a new thing that's popping up that is absolutely amazing. And so there's a little bit more of the peer component where that child who is resistant is going to be around more kids who might kind of rope them in better than an adult can. And I would also say that We don't want to turn it into another area where we are controlling and rating how our child is performing outside. You might take your child outside and you want them to study the trees or do this or that. And they're perfectly happy watching a worm. Yeah. Let the kid watch the worm. (laughs) Definitely. Yeah. If you take a quick 15 minute walk and your kid wants to run a little bit, let them run. If they trip on a rock, they're learning how to not trip on a rock. If you take them into the woods and then you're immediately correcting their behavior in the woods, that's not creating a fun environment for your child. So it can be really hard sometimes to just let kids let loose. Right. You just got to do it. The other day, Sawyer picked up a stick and was banging that stick in a puddle for a solid 10 minutes. And I wanted to get home and make dinner. (laughs) Yes. And instead, we just wrote it out. And then on the way home, we saw our first snapping turtle of the season. And that was a really delightful surprise that I would not have had if I hadn't just slowed down with my kid. Oh, my gosh. Isn't that all of parenting, honestly? (laughs) Just like, (laughs) you know, taking the time to be in the moment. I love that you said that, that sometimes it is just as simple. Like we may be listening and thinking like, my gosh, now this is like one more thing I need to do to make sure my kid is well-rounded and all of this. Mm -hmm. But really it can be as simple as a walk and just following their lead. If they do want to, you know, bang a stick into a pedal or having six-year-old boys, they are obsessed with bugs, all things bugs when we're outside. And, you know, so just taking the time to let them, you know, watch what the roly polies are doing or pick them up and play with them. And, you know, just like things that our adult brains are like, okay, I got to get to the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. 
to really reframe that and realize, oh no, they're actually really learning. This is really lighting up areas of their brain that are not going to get lit up otherwise. Maybe for those of us who are more achievement minded, (laughs) if we think about in the context of bodily development and brain chemistry, it might give us permission to sort of like slow down and just be in the outdoors. So I know when we were talking earlier that you even mentioned that as you have gone through learning about all of these great things that they mean for kids and for ourselves being outdoors, that there's also a little bit of a component of smashing the patriarchy, which I'm always up for hearing. So I would love to hear you kind of say a little bit more about that. Well, I think that we have to instill an appreciation of nature and we have to let our kids build a relationship with nature in order for them to want to save nature. That goes hand in hand with being a kinder and more compassionate human being. Mm. So I think getting kids outside and letting them kind of shed those, whether it's gender roles, that achievement mindset of, you know, the kid wants to play soccer because then they win and then they're good enough. Mm. It can just let them be a little bit more themselves. And that could be really helpful in helping them undo some of the things that they are learning, whether it's a little girl who, you know, is upset that she doesn't look like the people she sees on TV. And then she turns around and says, my legs are really strong and I can climb up this mountain and I feel good about my body in a way that I haven't because of what I'm seeing on TV. That's really amazing. And same for a little boy who might, you know, feel bad because he's not captain of the football team, but he can identify every single tree out there. I had a really special experience with a school program where there was one little kid who clearly, you know, wasn't the most popular child in the class. And we were seeing all of these little, they're called red Fs and they're a little amphibian. This child shared something that he knew about red Fs and all the other kids were like, Mm. and I said, yeah, you're so right. And like, we delved more into what that child had just shared. And the look of pride on his face was just magical because this was something that this kid could do well, that wasn't being recognized in his day-to-day life and being at camp allowed him to express that. And I hope that it maybe shifted his relationship with some of his classmates. And I think that's really special. Totally. That thing of being able to discover things that just frankly, we can't find out about ourselves inside a controlled and as much as I love it, air conditioned Mm -hmm. (laughs) environment. There really is so much that is so powerful about that. And I just love that. That is so inspiring. And again, for those of us who may be a little bit reluctant ourselves, I think that being able to reframe it in this idea of like what's happening in our social development here can really help motivate us. So I super love all of that, Allie. You have shared so much inspiration at the perfect time of year for us to really get excited about this stuff. Listen, ladies, we all know when it comes to our skin and beauty routines, sometimes you got to improvise. Like I know I'm not the only one who has to use the camera on her phone as a mirror for touch-ups on the go, right? When it comes to beauty, we're all ingenious because we have to be. Realistically, we're doing our makeup in the back of a cab or fixing our hair in the office bathroom. Some of us go ahead and do that face mask on the plane. So any beauty routine needs to be able to keep up with your real life and Wander Beauty gets it. Wander Beauty is beauty for real life. It's made for women on the go. 
Everything is travel friendly and so easy to use. Their beauty essentials are multitasking and multi-purpose so you can create a full look without a full makeup bag. You guys, you know I'm a little bit addicted to my concealers and I have to tell you my very favorite Wander Beauty product is their double-ended concealer. On one end of this concealer, you get your matte stick for your full coverage wherever you need it. And on the other end, you get their illuminating liquid to lighten and brighten your face wherever you need a little bit of extra illumination. I've tried tons of concealers and Wander Beauty's concealer is one of my very favorites. Not only are their essentials fewer, but they're also better. Wander Beauty is dedicated to clean beauty and formulating everything with skin-loving ingredients. Everything they make is cruelty-free, mess-free, and stress-free. Wander Beauty has created everyday essentials that you'll actually want to use every day. Now that's beautiful. So, to get 20% off of your purchase, go to wanderbeauty.com slash awesome. That's wander, W-A-N-D-E-R, beauty.com slash awesome for 20% off. wanderbeauty.com slash awesome. I want to switch gears a little bit, take a little pivot of my own. <laughs> Because one of the other things that you mentioned to me that you are really interested in and have no problem geeking out about besides nature and kids and all of that is baby gear. And I thought this was so interesting. This has been months ago, but one of our awesomes suggested maybe we could have an episode that featured like a first time parent because all of us that are co-hosts have kids and we often have several kids and we often have guests who have a number of kids that it might be nice to hear from somebody who's experiencing all of this parenting stuff for the first time. So I thought while I have you here, let's talk a little bit about baby gear, which, you know, we are talking about things that contribute to our kids' development and our ability to access getting outside of the house or what we're doing inside the house to stimulate those little brains. But it is fascinating and overwhelming to me, Allie, I have to tell you. So the twins are six. I look at them and I still think of them as babies. I feel like it has <laughs> not been that long. Oh my gosh. <laughs> When it was time for us to start getting serious about this newest baby coming to be in our house, I was like, there's so much stuff that has changed even in six years. So many new things. So tell me everything that I need to know to prep for bringing a new baby home here in 2019. What are some of the things that you have learned really are great things to have around? And what are maybe even some of the things that you're like, Ugh, don't waste your money? <laughs> I think starting with the Bumbo chair uh -huh. is something that occupational therapists and other child body professionals would say is something you don't need because it inhibits a child's ability to move naturally. So instead of learning to sit up on their own, they are kind of stuck in this chair. Yeah. It's crazy to think that even starting as an infant, we are, you know, inhibiting that natural development. Because we were thinking this will help them to sit up more quickly or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's going to do the opposite. What's so funny that you mentioned that? So Daisy, my oldest, I mean, she's 14. And when she was an infant, bumbo chairs were everywhere. All of my friends had them. They were the big deal. And I have noticed even just in like, you know, sort of mommy groups or whatever, that I hardly ever hear about them anymore. So I think they're <laughs> definitely sort of falling out of favor. I had a baby Bjorn chair which was like a rocker. And it also grows with the child because again, you know, my eco-friendly background, I was just overwhelmed by the number of disposable items that you're supposed to buy and something that's going to last for two months and then you're done with it is bonkers to me. 
And so this baby Bjorn chair, you can actually like use it into toddlerhood. They can just sit in it as their own chair. So I loved that. And are you going to cloth diaper this time? I don't know. I'm still on the fence about it. (laughs) I mean, you could always just do shells. My favorite brand is Grovia. Yes. Mm -hmm. And you could always just do shells and, you know, something inside of the shell, because then you have the flexibility of if you're overwhelmed, you're traveling, you could use the bio soakers. It's like a disposable insert for inside of the shell. Or if you're having a great week and you're on top of your laundry and you want to use flats or prefolds or other inserts that you can put in the diaper, that would be amazing too. And so you have a huge level of flexibility that you don't necessarily have with like an all-in-one where, you know, you use that and it's the same all the time. Yes. Yeah. In my past experiences with Daisy, she was my first cloth diaper. I like went and tried all of the different things. And then by the time the twins came along, I was like, what's the simplest way I can do this? Yes. And definitely doing shells with some kind of insert. And especially I find that flats are some of the easiest to work with because they wash up so nicely. Yes. I feel like tend to not hang on to any stink or anything like that. They just can wash up really well. And it's super, super easy to fold one of those up super fast and put it in a shell and you're good to go. And then I've got one more for you. Since I know you're going to be a baby wearer. Yes. I think there is now like technical clothing for babies because you have older kids. And so you're going to be outside whether you necessarily want to or not sometimes. Right. So there is a brand called Lark Adventure Wear, Lark like the bird. And it really is just like this very soft, kind of like your yoga pants where it's going to wick moisture away and everything. And then there's also kicky pants, which are again, super soft. So I had Sawyer at the beginning of May. Mm -hmm. So he was tiny throughout the summer. And so I could just throw him in something that was really soft and put him in a lightweight carrier. And then we were far more cool than if he was wearing cotton and sweating it up. Oh my gosh, that is fascinating. And no, I had no idea they even made that for little tiny baby sizes. So yes, and it's adorable. And then in the winter, you could do wool pants, which are a favorite of mine. My favorite brand is called Sloom, S-L-O-O-M-B. And they're just these cozy pants and wool stays warm when it's wet. So the other day we had a little potty accident on the trail and the wool whipped away the water. We took off his undies and he was good to go, even though it was still like 55 degrees outside for the rest of the walk home. And if he hadn't been wearing wool, the second half of our hike the other day would have been pretty miserable for him. Totally miserable. Wool is such an amazing, magical fiber. I don't understand how it works, but it does. So yes, we have had saloon pants through the years as well. They're a fantastic company. Not only that, but wool's super rugged. Mm-hmm. I can remember several pairs of wool pants that we had when, you know, the kids were younger that could really hold up to being outdoors. And they're not so delicate that you have to be like, oh gosh, you know, now the knees all busted up or whatever. They can really take a lot of wear and tear as well. So fun. I love all of this. I have taken to even just like watching YouTube videos of new moms talking about products that they loved and products that they didn't like. And what's so interesting too is it's definitely one of those things where like every family is going to have their own needs and their own things that are going to work for them. So for me, again, here comes this baby when we've got all these other kids doing all these other things. So I'm definitely geared towards what's going to be mobile, what's going to make it easy Mm -hmm. to just bring them along 
to whatever we're doing, what's going to you know give us all that flexibility. So these are all so helpful to know. For first time moms out there, you know, there's so much pressure to like do the right things, but you got to do what's going to work for you. Like my priority wasn't a nursery, you know, it wasn't a bunch of new furniture. It was, I needed a nice stroller so that I could walk in the woods with my baby and walk my dogs. I wanted some good baby carriers. So I feel like a lot of moms feel all this pressure to like get the right stuff and it all works out. You need a place for the baby to sleep. You need some diapers and you got to figure out how you're feeding your baby. (laughs) Yeah, that is truly what it comes down to, even though the whole baby gear industry... (laughs) convinces you. Yeah. yeah. Like, don't worry about it. We'll solve all your problems. Just buy this and buy this and buy this. <laughs> but it's not always like that. But that's so true. And I think it really is like exactly what you said. It's figuring out what your family values, what your lifestyle kind of demands of you. Those are the places I feel like to invest. If you're going to buy products, invest in those things that are going to support your lifestyle. And then the other stuff, yeah, you just kind of make it work. So smart and such great advice for us, especially as we're going to do this whole thing again. Well, Allie, this has been such a great conversation. My mind is just whirling right now with all kinds of ideas for my kiddos, even my 14 and 11 year old who can be really resistant to outdoor time, frankly. (laughs) (laughs) They are not too old to get out and get into nature and get into the dirt. So this has been so fun. Thank you for taking the time to come and share all of this with us. Thank you for having me. It was a delight. For people who might like to have, you know, like a follow-up conversation, maybe bounce ideas off of you, ask questions, where's the best place that we can find you around the web? I am always in the Hangout group, so you can find me there. And then I have my Instagram, which is at Allie Beatty, and I post frequent pictures of Sawyer on our nature hikes. So fun. I have an itty bitty blog that I will see how much I do with it. (laughs) But it's good just to have your little space. If you want to use it, you can. And it's a green year, a green year.com. Okay. Well, we will have links for all of Ali's places where you can find her in the show notes. Awesome's remember you can find me at Sorta Awesome Meg on social media. The show's over on Twitter at Sorta Awesome Pod. And you can find us anytime on Facebook at facebook.com slash Sorta Awesome. Thank you all so much for listening. And we'll see y'all next time. Sorta Awesome was created and is hosted by me, Meg Teets. Sarah Robertson is our assistant producer and production collaboration comes from Kelly Gordon and Rebecca Hoffer. Kelly Gordon is our digital media producer and we are so thankful for the ongoing support from our listener supporters. Music is provided by the band Prager. You can find more of Prager's music at pragermusic.com. To find show notes on this and every episode of Sorta Awesome and also to spread the Sorta Awesome love to all of your friends, you can head on over to sortaawesomeshow.com. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.